Blessings and salutations, mortals and mystics. Welcome back to What's the Brew? This is your host, Loli Moon, and we are back with another episode. I know you guys have been waiting for this, and I thank you so, so, so very much for your patience and your love and your support with the podcast. Um, In today's episode, I want to talk about cancer season. So first things first, happy summer solstice, happy summer, um, happy cancer season, cancer suns, moon risings. If you are celebrating cancer season for yourself in some beautiful way like that, happy cancer season, um, happy ancestor season because cancer season belongs to the ancestors, honey. And we will talk more about that later on. Um, But yeah, we are now officially out of Gemini season, we are now in cancer season. Um, We are under the element of water. Okay, so there's a lot of water energy in the collective right now, heightened dreams, heightened emotions, taking things more personally, maybe Um, heightened intuition, of course, okay, heightened vision, heightened understanding, heightened empathy, heightened sympathy. Okay, Um, heightened boundaries that are required because we are in the element of water a lot more now with the sun cancer, okay? So there's a lot of things going on. Um, But I also want to talk about Saturn in Pisces in the depth of it all, okay? Um, As you guys know, Saturn has been in Pisces since March of this year. Um, And while we've been, you know, taking our time as a collective, I would say, adjusting to this new space of Saturn in Pisces because Saturn has been in a Saturn ruled sign for the for a while. So now Saturn is an immutable sign and it's Pisces of all the mutable signs. It's not like it's Saturn in Virgo where it's like, oh, your whole life is just about to get a whole lot better really quickly because you're just going to wake up and be tired of your own shit. No, it's Saturn in Pisces. So it's like, listen, if you don't do it, you will you will drown. You will sink and 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 be just a hot mess. Okay. Saturn in Pisces is, is very, um, hot and cold (laughs) at times. And so I would say as a collective, I feel like the first couple of months of Saturn in Pisces, we have been trying to adjust and trying to observe what this transit has to teach us. But I feel like now that Saturn has officially stationed retrograde, um, you know, the, the heightened, presence of that Piscean energy to do with the transit is heavy right now, I would say. And now I think the collective is getting it. And so with that being said, I finally got the okay and the downloads that I was asking for in how to share um, the wisdom and the knowledge of what Saturn in Pisces is like. Um, you know, I myself have Saturn in Pisces in my birth chart um, and I have it in my first house because I'm a Pisces rising. So I'm currently going through my Saturn return at this time. And now that Saturn is stationing retrograde, it's actually going to return to the exact placement that it was in in my chart because I was actually born during the Saturn retrograde in Pisces. (laughs) So this is an interesting time for myself. And so where I'm coming from is... The perspective of someone who actually has this placement, um, but also I didn't want to project my own story or timelines um, into the podcast, which is why I haven't shared this episode yet. Okay, I have been wanting to talk about Saturn in Pisces for a very long time. Um, I have shared a couple of things about it so far, yes, but 
I didn't want to go into these depths yet because I felt like it was too personal still and I had to really separate that. So now that I've done that, because that was really important for me to do that, um, I have been given so many downloads this week with how to explain this transit to y'all. So I'm really, really, really excited to do that today. And I really hope that you guys um, enjoy it and receive whatever you have to from it. Um, and yeah, hopefully it, it brings some more clarity because Piscean energy is very confusing to get through. And Saturn, you know, again, is a, is, is a, the planet of discipline, the planet of, of, of tradition and boundaries and binds and all these different things, right? So Pisces is, is not like that at all. Pisces is very like, oh, let me just go with the flow and just keep swimming and blah, 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 glamour and glitter and wonderland and, and, and rose colored glasses. And sometimes it's the depths of the ocean, but most of the time it's really fun. Like you just don't know what you're going to get with Pisces. Um, so I feel like now is a good time for me to release this. So I'm really happy to do so because we are again at the beginning of the retrograde of Saturn. Um, and we now have cancer season. And for the first um, little while of cancer season, the sun and Saturn will be connecting because of the degrees that they are both at um, at this time and being both in the water element, they are connecting right now. So the energy of Saturn and the Cancer Sun are being enhanced due to their connection, um, which heightens to me the focus of um, time, you know, and and how much time has gone by and how much time we have left. And oh, how much time I've wasted, you know, maybe a lot of us are feeling really guilty and worried and concerned about the time that we've spent so far. Um, now that we have the summer solstice passing us, um, you know, this is the this the kind of like the second wave of the cosmic calendar, right? It's because the cosmic calendar starts during Aries season, which is the spring equinox. So now we're in a new season, honey. We are now in summer officially. And so with that being said, we are also in the sixth month into the year of the calendar year, uh, you know, the muggle calendar year, I should say. Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, potentially a lot of focus and OMG, what have I been doing for the last six months? Because holy crap, it's been six months, right? So we could be looking at our intentions and the seeds that we've planted for the year ahead and how far we've come with this. And while right now it can feel really overwhelming, I believe that with the Capricorn full moon that's in this season, we will have um, some more clarity and, and and I feel more a lot like a lot more answers on how to adjust accordingly and make those um, corrections if necessary, but only if necessary, right? Sometimes the correction is to not make any corrections at all because you're constantly picking and picking and picking it apart and therefore not actually having any growth to begin with, right? So um, I feel like this is going to be a really great season of corrective action for the collective and it's going to be done in a very gentle manner while it could have gone a lot worse I feel like it's going to be done mostly in a very gentle way because we are in the element of water um, cancer is the divine feminine is the energy of the goddess okay it's the it's that matriarch energy it's the maternal energy um, so it's very healing okay and it's very nurturing for the soul 
Um, but because it is cancer season, it is the element of water, we are also talking about the ancestors because this cancer rules the fourth house of family, right? So the ancestors are also very heavily highlighted during cancer season. And so I also believe that uh, we will have probably a lot more um, heightened synchronicities, communication with the, with the realm, with the divine, um, with spirit. Um, through our dreams, through the synchronicities that we notice on the day-to-day basis, right? Um, patterns, repeated messages, etc. Um, yes, this can also include heightened emotions as well with a lot of water energy, but this is why it's so important for us, of course, to remain grounded in our practices and keep them super simple and don't overcomplicate things, okay? Now, With that being said, what do we actually have going on for cancer season? I will dive into everything Saturn and Pisces, but I want to kind of give you guys a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, of, you know, uh, current astro tea before we get into it because it's all connected. Um, So first things first, we are going to have the first quarter moon in Libra on June 26th at 3.50 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then a little bit after, later on in that same day at 8.24 p.m., Mercury will enter Cancer. So earlier when I was talking about those heightened synchronicities and conversations and et cetera, we're now going to have Mercury, the, the, the planet of communication, um, knowledge and perception, moving into the sign of Cancer, okay? Which is going to heighten even more so the themes I was just talking about. Now, four days later on June 30th at 5.06 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Neptune will station retrograde in Pisces, okay? Um, And I will kind of go back to that a little bit later on, but Neptune will station retrograde in Pisces. So time is really going to slow down. (laughs) When Neptune moves into Pisces, time, or sorry, retrogrades in Pisces, it's, it's really going to slow down time. It's going to feel a lot more slow, I would say. Um, then on July 3rd, we actually have the full moon in Capricorn, uh, and that is happening at 7.38 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? Um, so I'm really excited for that full moon, honestly and truly. I think it's going to be a really great moon, and I'm going to share all the details of that moon um, on Patreon. So if you want to tap in into the magic of that moon, definitely tap into the patreon.com forward slash lowly moon, because that is where I'll be sharing um, the depths of the tea of that um, there and kind of help you guys with whatever questions you have, you know, and, and messages and etc. So yeah, that's happening on July 3rd. Now on July 9th, we are going to have the third quarter moon in Aries. Okay. Um, and that's happening at 9:48 PM. Now, as a reminder, Chiron is also in Aries. So that week of July 9th can feel a little bit more emotional too, even though the full moon has passed because Chiron and the moon will be in a conjunction. Okay. So just be very mindful of your words that week. Don't be out here popping off on people and throwing hands. Okay. Like do not do the most. Okay. Please relax. And (laughs) yeah, then on the 10th of July, we actually will have Mars move into Virgo. Um, Mars right now, of course, is in Leo, and I have been loving Mars and Leo, honestly. I absolutely love it. It's my Mars return, so I've been loving that. Um, But Mars will be moving into Virgo on the 10th of July. So I feel like that's when all of the corrective action that we've been kind of highlighted to us during the full moon the week before is going to um, kind of really settle in when Mars moves into Virgo, because now we're moving with a lot more focused intention and a lot more purpose and understanding 
And so we're not feeling so rushed, you know, like we understand that we are indeed on time. We are totally on time. Now, the next day on 7-11, so July 11th at 12-11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Mercury will enter Leo. Um, so Mercury's not going to be in Cancer for very long, okay? Um, but I believe that the downloads and the information that we are going to receive from Mercury and Cancer will be enough to fill our cup for the rest of the year. And I feel like that's kind of the point <laughs> of the transit, but it's going to be a lot of downloads, okay? So don't think that because it's it's short, it's not going to have a lot. There's going to be a lot in there that comes. I'm, I am certain of that. Um, so yeah, on the 11th of July, Mercury will, will move into the sign of Leo. And then on the 17th of July at 2.32 p.m., we will have the new moon in Cancer, which I absolutely love. I love, honestly, I love spirit. I just love how all these things fall into these beautiful dates and times, okay? Because the new moon in Cancer is happening on 7.17 in the year of 2023, which is the year of seven. Okay, so we have seven showing up three times in this, um, uh, you know, number, technically speaking. So, you know, just as a reminder, the year of seven is connected to all things divine, the seven classical planets, the seven seas, the seven sisters, okay, the seven chakras, like there is just so much things that come with the number seven and, you know, how it aligns to um, cancer is the fact that um, the chariot card in the tarot is the number seven and cancer is associated with this card. So there's a lot of divine intervention that is possibly going to be happening during the new meaning cancer. Okay. And, and during cancer season in general, right? This is, I would say the season where the themes of this year, the most are going to be, you know, very highlighted and it's going to feel like everything is happening all at once. But really what's happening is everything is getting put into place to move on track so that you can keep moving forward, okay? So there's going to be a lot of timeline jumping in cancer season, if you understand what I'm saying, all right? And so that new moon is going to really initiate that. And I say that because one, yes, the date numerology is beautiful, but two, that same day, about an hour later um, at 3.59 p.m., again, Eastern Standard Time, the nodes of fate, okay, so the north node and the south node, these are the, the lunar nodes, okay, the north and south node will move from Taurus and Scorpio axis to the Aries and Libra axis, okay, and this is very, very important because this is showing us the direction and focus that the collective may focus, may shift to, okay, with the north node moving into Aries, the focus becomes more of the self, right, fulfilling our own destiny, not worrying about what people got going on over there, not worrying about what they got going on over there, over here, like worrying about our own self, our own destiny, fulfilling our own destiny. We are here to complete a mission. It is up to us to complete it. Okay. Um, I do see that with the North Node moving to Aries, there is going to be more of a focus on independency as well. So um, more people could be leaving their jobs and going to entrepreneurship as well as the North Node moves into Aries. More people could be moving to, into roles of leadership as the North Node moves into Aries and depending on their, um, you know, other aspect, uh, other synastry in their chart potentially, right? So I believe the North Node moving to Aries is going to be really great for the collective. There's going to be a lot of focus on the divine masculine finally and their healing, I believe. I feel like there's been a lot of 
quiet conversations behind closed doors and on podcasts for the Divine Masculine and very ridiculous and also not ridiculous, but really good, I would say, ways. Um, I, I can't really criticize it because it's not my stuff to receive. Um, and that's just how I see it. But I do think that when the North Node moves into Aries and the and Chiron is still in Aries as well, there will be more focus of those conversations happening more in a public space. And I think that that's going to be very healing because it's going to really help the collective elevate even more because let's be real, the divine masculine going to catch up to the divine feminine. Y'all are still very much behind. Okay. And that's okay. We love y'all, but like pick it up. <laughs> so that's what's going to be happening. Um, now, with that being said, as the North Node is moving into Aries that day, the South Node is moving to Libra. And Libra is all about our relationships with others and the one with ourselves and ensuring that we are maintaining balance in both and making space for both. Um, and sometimes about compromise. Now, the South Node, of course, is, you know, karmic, essentially, and, and ties to past um, connections and, and cycles and things that we repeat over and over and over again, the lessons that we're constantly re repeating, or maybe the trauma that we might carry or whatever it may be, right? This is all very South Node energy. So South Node and Libra says, what are your relationship wounds? What are your relationship wounds telling you about your wounds with yourself and how you handle those and how they project into your relationships? And what are you doing about that? Or are you just bleeding all over your partner? Like, what's the tea? And if that's, if that's what's happening, connections can um, break down. Okay? The fact that this is all happening on July 17th and then um, on the 22nd of July, a few days afterwards, just when the sun's about to enter Leo, Venus stations retrograde, that's not, a, that's not a coincidence, honey. This is a lot of corrective action being done. So yes, a lot of timeline jumping is going to happen during cancer season because a lot of relationships are being reviewed, not just romantically speaking, but also platonically, spiritually, you know, financially, everything. Okay, so this is what's happening. There's a lot of corrective action taking place during cancer season because we are preparing for the timeline jump that's coming up. All right. And you might not feel it right away, but when Leo season hits, honey, and we enter some more deep portal energy, okay, there is going to be a lot going on. There's going to be a lot going on and everyone is going to feel it by then for sure. Um, but overall, you guys, cancer season is looking pretty promising. I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be very healing. I think that um, the upcoming Venus retrograde is going to be very healing. And maybe I'll talk about that another time. But um, yeah, the, the cancer season is, again, it belongs to the ancestors. So a lot of this work that we're doing is really done at the altar or it's done with ourselves, within our minds within the routines that we're upholding within the home right so just really ensuring that we're taking care of our basic needs is what's going to help elevate us the most honestly and truly um so again not trying to overstimulate our nervous system by over booking ourselves and burning ourselves out and and trying to do a thousand things at once and wondering why we're so stressed out and wondering why we're burnt out like hello Pay attention, you know, slow down a little bit. Okay, move with the motion of the ocean, honey. Don't be trying to go against the current. That's not going to work. Have you not learned that yet? <laughs> That's not going to work, okay? Um, but with the Cancer sign connecting with um, 
Saturn in Pisces, Mercury moving into Cancer, you know, all these things, there's going to be a lot of, um, again, heightened communication and uh, conversations. And I would say even abilities feeling stronger at this time. And you can really charge your ashe, your power, your juju up a lot at this time if you are very mindful and intentional with how you move, okay? And the best way to do that is to be consistent with your spiritual devotion. Whatever that means to you, you can make it as fancy as you want, as simple as you want. I don't really care. What matters is that you show up. That is what matters. What matters is that you show up, okay? Show your people that you care. Show the divine that you care. Show yourself that you care. Okay, super, super, super important. Um, so happy birthday to all the cancers that are celebrating. I love you guys. Some of the realest, like dopest people that I know are cancers and they have a abundance of knowledge. They are deeply connected to the realm in, in such a beautiful way. They bring so much to the collective. And I, I just hope that cancers, if you're listening to this, I hope that you feel elevated and uplifted by us, the collective and know that we love you. We appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for showing love to me as a being as a mystic as a human as a soul. I really, really, really appreciate you guys. You guys have always shown me love. And I really, 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 really love you guys. And um yeah, I just want you guys to have a fabulous fucking cancer season, you know, and keep the spiritual glocky close because, you know, people be trying you, but that's okay. Let them try. Um, yeah, just enjoy the cancer season, everyone. Enjoy summer. These are the, the, the best days of the year to be outside and enjoy ourselves and, you know, just soak up the sun and give thanks for life and celebrate, you know, all that we have around us because, you know, things can be are rocky, maybe, but, you know, things are changing. And the best days are ahead of us. And that's what we need to tell ourselves, because it's the truth. And the more that we speak into existence, the more that it'll happen. Right? Um, with Mercury and Cancer, I would say that our words are very heavy. And they carry a lot of energy that we might not be aware of. So we need to be very mindful of our words still. Mercury is in Gemini right now. But um, even with Mercury moving to Cancer, we still need to be very careful and mindful of our words because there's still um, a lot of power to them. It can really, you know, hurt people in an emotional way. So we need to be very mindful of that, okay? But yeah, you guys, that's all I have to say about Cancer season. I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys a little 411 on that before I dived into this um, episode's topic because I, it's going to be a lot to say about this topic. Um, but yeah, we're going to dive into um, Saturn in Pisces now. So like I mentioned before, um, I really wanted this episode to be all about Saturn in Pisces. And for the remainder of this episode, that is all I'm going to talk about. I might make some references of things that are happening in cancer season because I want to still obviously make this relevant to current time, the present. Um, but this is going to be about Saturn in Pisces in general. Okay. So as I was mentioning at the beginning, you know, I myself am going through my Saturn return while Saturn's in Pisces. Um, and I was born during the retrograde of Saturn in Pisces way back in the day. 
And so, you know, this is my first autumn return and I have had to kind of sit with the energy myself before I could talk about it. Yes, I've been sitting with this energy my whole life. Absolutely. But it's a Saturn return. Okay. Um, on my ascendant. Okay. So like, it was a lot to kind of take in. And so I was taking it in and just wanted to digest all that was happening without feeling like I had to share this, um, you know, intimate time of growth right away. You know, my journey is not content. My journey is something that I share when I feel called to in the ways that I do, but like I have to go through it before I can share it. <laughs> right. So, um, that being said, um, I feel like the time is now to kind of talk about it and, uh, really talk about some patterns I have noticed because, you know, of course I had my own predictions and things and, and thoughts and feelings of what we could see during the transit of Saturn and Pisces. And yes, a lot of these themes have shown up already. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I know I've talked about them a little bit before, but they've really um, manifested a lot more now. Okay. And it's interesting to see it play out because just like, wow, like everything is just so literal, you know, and we overcomplicate things. And one of the main important things to learn and understand about Saturn and Pisces is that the more that we complicate things, the messier it is. Every complication is an extra bucket of water. And at some point, it's just going to be too much water, you know, like it's not necessary. And so I really wanted to talk about this because earlier I had mentioned that cancer season, you know, heavily feels like um, corrective course of action. But now that Saturn is in Pisces as a transit, to me, it feels like karmic correction. Okay. And so while many astrologers that I've, uh, you know, have seen and observed what they've had to say and what have you right in the community, everyone in general, not just astrologers, but people in the community, whatever, um, many have discussed, you know, how the retrograde of Saturn is for the karmic correction. A lot of people will say like, oh, Saturn retrograde, karma is getting cleared up or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, that's true. It's definitely heightened during Saturn retrograde. But actually the entire transit of Saturn in Pisces is about karmic correction. Okay, the entire transit is about karmic correction. Okay, um, that's what I believe. And to dive further into this, um, you know, symbolism of, of karmic correction, we need to talk about the symbolism of Saturn, okay, and why I'm saying that. Um, I've dived into a few things about Saturn before in the episode called Lord of the Rings. If you want to go ahead and listen to that one, that's a really great episode where I dive into um, Saturn worship and, and how many mystics who are hiding in plain sight are out here, you know, worshiping Saturn in modern time. But anyway, I want to kind of revisit some of these themes of Saturn in this episode so that we have full clarity and understanding of what I am talking about. Okay. So first things first, Saturn is what? Saturn is known to be, my first thoughts of Saturn are, you know, um, Saturn is known to be, you know, the original reaper. Okay. Saturn is known as the father of time. Yes. He's usually portrayed as this like elderly figure who carries, 
the hourglass, but they also carry a scythe, okay, which represents death itself, um, as well as agriculture and abundance and reaping what you sow, right? Literally just that. Um, the hourglass representing time. And so, you know, these are the first kind of things we think about when we talk about Saturn. Um, but Saturn, in terms of mythology, Saturn is a Roman you know, God, an ancient Roman God, um, and was described, like I mentioned before, yes, to do with things to do with time, but also the generations. Okay. So, you know, family generations, um, abundance, wealth, agriculture, right? Because of the scythe. So, you know, reaping what you sow, reaping the land, um, renewal, liberation as well. Um, now he, in the Greek mythology is, is, you know, known as Cronus, Kronos. And so Saturn actually is the father of Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto. Okay. So Saturn, the father of time gave, you know, was the seed for Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto. Jupiter, I always say is like the, is like the son of time because Jupiter shows the future. Jupiter being uh, Saturn's son <laughs> makes sense why I portray it that way and why I like to use Jupiter as the fortune telling as well in the astrology. Okay, in case y'all didn't notice that, if you were listening. Now, Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto all rule what? They rule the realms. Jupiter rules the sky. Neptune rules the, 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 the depths of the ocean. And Pluto rules the underworld. They all rule a part of the realms. So Saturn is deeply connected to all the realms, which makes what? Saturn very karmic. Saturn, Saturn very spiritual. Okay, because Saturn's offsprings literally rule the realm. So Saturn is very heavily tied to their energy. Okay, and so... Um, with that being said, Saturn was heavily um, celebrated in the Roman, I guess, culture um, in terms of festivals, as I've spoken about before, Saturnalia, which happened every December, where there's lots of gift giving and all these sorts of things. Um, there was a temple of Saturn as well. Okay, so there's all sorts of things to do with Saturn. And of course, we know that Saturn also is named for the day of the week, Saturn's Day. Um, and, uh, yeah, Saturn is really, really important. Saturn really is really that guy. Like Saturn really just is that, that girl, that bitch. Okay. That baddie, like, that's just what it is. Okay. And so, um, with that being said though, the Greek mythology version of Saturn, AKA Kronos is a cruel being who actually, you know, eats their own children. Um, so that's really interesting. And Saturn in the Roman traditions as well, there are plenty of stories where Saturn was doing the most and, 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 and being really unnecessarily aggressive and, and violent, maybe even at times it seemed, um, towards the goddesses and, and how things, you know, happened through that, like the birth of Venus happening through Saturn's unnecessary, um, persistence with mother earth with Gaia. Okay. And how that became the birth of Venus because she fell into the ocean foam came up and that's how she was born as they say. So, you know, Saturn was just doing the most. And so, yeah, Saturn was kind of a dick, honestly, while being like this top dog, Saturn was also a dick. I definitely think that the, the control and the power of having their seeds, you know, 
ruling the realms really got to Saturn's head. Like, I don't know. Saturn was kind of a dick. Let's be real. Um, and so, <laughs> so I say that to say, like, you know, Saturn is not always super nice, right? Saturn in the in the mythology is, you know, this very powerful figure um, and is kind of cocky about it, but also like takes what they do very seriously because no one can do Saturn like Saturn, right? Um, but when we look at the astrological perspective of Saturn, Saturn is known for what? Discipline, boundaries, binds, um, contracts, karma, right? Consequences being delivered and, and people calling it karma or whatever it may be. Um, Saturn is usually associated with the things that are a little bit more heavy, um, you know, in the cosmos and in, in themes in life, because that is what Saturn is. Saturn delivers the heavy, but Saturn's going to ensure that you get through the heavy without feeling as though you are, you know, completely depleting yourself or whatever it may be. Okay. So that's a little bit of spout what Saturn represents just as a reminder. So, but overall, what you need to understand for this episode is that Saturn, yes, is the father of time and shows us where we are heading as a collective in many ways, but also shows us where we come from as a collective in many ways because of the connection to all of the realms with Saturn. Okay. And I don't think that people realize this, how important Saturn is as a figure to the other uh, planets that I mentioned, Pluto, Neptune, and Jupiter. Like it's very, 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 very important that we remember these connections. Okay. Because this is where the idea of karma comes from. But if you ask the, the average Joe talking about this shit online, they're not going to tell you that, you know, so there you go. That's the full picture. Um, but now we need to talk about Pisces symbolism. Okay. So Pisces symbolism is what the two fish one going one way, one going the other way. Right. So not exactly going in the same direction. Sometimes going one way, sometimes going the other way. And that's just how it is with Pisces. Pisces is the 12th house. So Pisces is the last of the zodiac, the last zodiac sign. Um, the 12th house in astrology represents closure and endings, right? The ending of certain cycles. But also it is the realm where we can see um, spirituality and, and things that are hidden and things that we kind of maybe neglect even can be seen in the 12th house, right? Pisces energy is very, um, yes, it's associated with illusion deception, but that's more so because that's more so because of the, uh, the choice of, of neglecting the truth, right? Us choosing to neglect the truth because if the, if the Piscean is actually paying attention, all the shit is right there in front of you. Okay. It's all right there in front of you. It's the neglect where it becomes messy and it becomes quote unquote deceptive. No, it wasn't deceptive. It's been there the whole fucking time. You just weren't listening. Right. So Pisces is not just illusion deception. It is also glamour magic. It is also the energy of Neptune and Jupiter. So glamour, glamour expanded to the biggest way it can be the most, you know, abracadabra Hollywood way that it can be right over the top glamour. That is what Pisces is. Okay. Um, Pisces is also, you know, mutable energy. So it, it's not something you can be easily controlled. It, it's very fluid. It likes to remain fluid. And because Pisces is so heavily, uh, you know, attached to the realm of spirit and known to be, you know, so heavily influenced by spirit, um, I think that that fluidity is really important for Pisces. So I don't think that Pisces should try to control it per se, 
but you know the energy of pisces is a lot a lot of people can't handle the little this energy of pisces when pisces season comes around people be in the mess honey very very messy very very messy um but you know it's a beautiful energy to have so what do we get when the planet of tradition discipline karma correction enters the depths of pisces what do we get at that point I believe what we get is absolute vast nothingness, okay? This complete clean slate of nothingness is created with Saturn and Pisces. And if we're not careful, then the dark abyss will stare back at us because we're just kind of sitting there paralyzed in it, not knowing what to do with it because we're just so confused, okay? So... Saturn in Pisces to me is the transit where the collective is really shown how well equipped we are spiritually. Okay. Without a strong spiritual foundation, we can become lost in the sea of our own emotions. Okay. And become overwhelmed with life. Now, Saturn in Pisces I would say also is the astrological manifestation of what breaking generational curses actually looks like. Okay. All that talk we've been doing the last three years talking about, oh, I'm a this and that. I'm a divine being. I'm this. I'm this. I'm abundant. I'm this and that. I'm breaking generational curses. Oh, yeah. Great. (laughs) Saturn in Pisces is your time to prove it. Saturn in Pisces says, okay, show me. Okay. This transit will humbly remind us as a collective that we are not the first ones in our bloodlines to attempt the breaking of generational curses. Okay, remember that. I feel like a lot of the of the community, the woo community that talks about breaking generational curses and, and creating generational wealth, they forget that they're not the first ones trying to do it. Like, you're not the first one to try to do this. This Where you started ain't where you actually started, honey. This is a continuation. This is a relay race, okay? It's a relay. It's a continuation. So until we start to act like we know that, we will, you know, actually move with more ease, actually, you know, really and truly, Okay. If we continue to act like as if we are the first ones to try, then we won't go far at all. Okay. And this is why um, our deeper understanding of the realm of spirit and the ancestors and, and, and our own stories kind of to our bloodlines is super important, not just during Saturn and Pisces, but even during Saturn retrogrades as well. We might learn new information about our, our ancestors during this time. Okay. Um, But a strong spiritual foundation is extremely necessary during this transit, I would say. And as someone who has this placement, I'm telling y'all, like, the the stories, the things I could tell you about life and the lessons and the wisdom gained, like, yes, like, wow, old soul. Yeah, no, it's called the trauma. It's called the overcoming. It's called the rebirth after rebirth after fucking rebirth after rebirth, okay? That shit did not just happen overnight. That shit happened because I have a strong spiritual foundation and it is anchored in that placement in Pisces that I have. Okay. And, and obviously my faith, but that is, that's what it is. That's what has continued to get me through and that it will always be my answer. And I don't care how 
repetitive it sounds, that is the truth. Okay, that is the truth. That is the absolute truth. Okay. Um, Something that I have been repeating um, online as a quote for Saturn and Pisces is to fuck around is to be human um, and to find out is divine. Okay. And the reason why I say this is because I believe that the harshness of Saturn um, is less detached and cold when in Pisces, honestly and truly. And I feel like it's actually a little bit more personal (laughs) and always comes with a story, which actually might make it hurt more than it actually should, right? Saturn in Capricorn or Aquarius, whatever, is a little bit more cold and and detached, right? But Saturn in Pisces is very personal and it always tells a story or it always comes from a story. Meaning, if you fuck around and find out, just know that the signs and smoke signals were there for a very long time, okay? And you were given probably multiple chances, and multiple red flags and multiple SOS smoke signals before you found the fuck out. Okay, Saturn in Pisces, I need y'all to understand something. Saturn in Pisces is very patient. Okay, very patient. Anyone who does you wrong in life, and we know that, you know, we understand that we don't have to do anything to seek revenge or whatever it is because everything bounces out in the end. I truly believe that. As a Libra, I believe that. As a Saturn and Pisces person, I believe it. Like, I just believe that to be true. I don't have to light candles. I don't have to pray for nobody's fall. If you touch me, if you throw rocks at me, guess what, baby? I'm going to grow a garden with them stones, okay? I'm going to, you know, do what I have to do. I'm not going to throw back stones at you because I don't have time for that. I got shit to do. I'm a child of the divine. I don't have time for your muggle nonsense. You can go and do that by yourself. You will be handled accordingly. I don't have to do anything. Okay. Saturn in Pisces is very patient though. These things don't happen overnight. These things happen after all the personal shit came around. Okay. So understand that if anyone is doing you wrong in this transit, Please don't do anything back to them, okay? Because then y'all going to get caught in the, cross, in the crossfire when spirit was going to handle it anyway, okay? Saturn in Pisces says, let spirit handle this. Let me, don't worry, I got you. That, that's spirit talking right there. Don't worry, I got you. Don't, don't worry about it. I got you, okay? That's what that is. Saturn is very, uh, very patient in Pisces, Okay, Saturn in Pisces will wait for the perfect divine timing to rebalance the karmic scales. The perfect divine timing. Trust me, I should know. (laughs) I should know. I have Saturn in Pisces and a fucking Scorpio stelium. I will wait. I will wait. I don't have to do anything. I will wait for the perfect divine timing. If I decide to be petty on that day, guess what? Oh, look, the timing is so perfect. Boom. Okay, well, now it is what it is. Right. But I'm not even going to go that far. I'm not going to go that far. The shadow ego self would go that far, but I'm not going to take it there because it's not worth it because every time that I do go that far, it's never worth it. Okay? If I'm patient and let it go and let and let God handle it, I always see what happens in the end without even trying. So understand that you don't have to do much this transit to make things happen or to keep things away from you um, in terms of 
trying to get your lick back or get revenge or all this other petty nonsense. No, don't worry about that. Your success is your revenge. Your healed self is your revenge. Your safe and fully capable of communicating their needs inner child self is the revenge. Okay, that's the revenge. Getting better is the revenge. Winning the game of life is the revenge. Okay, not the revenge. That's just some distraction nonsense. Like, don't worry about that. Spirit will handle everything when Saturn is in Pisces. Trust me. Okay, trust me. Okay, karma does not care about time. Karma has all the time in the world. Okay, generations upon generations of time. Okay, so you don't have to worry about if they're going to be handled. Trust me, beloved, it will be handled. And I don't know who needs to hear this as a message, but I'm letting you know it will be handled, honey. Do not worry about it. Do not worry about it. Okay. Now, before we continue with this episode, I want us to define the word karma because everybody I, I, I would think has their own definition for it and they're all very different. So I'm going to read to you the definitions I've come across and, um, you know, kind of go from there. So the first definition that came up first is from the Hinduism and Buddhism perspective that karma is the sum of a person's actions in this and previous states of existence viewed sorry viewed as deciding their fate in future existence okay um the other <laughs> definition that's here is destiny or fate following as effect from cause right and so i would say that's a pretty basic simple um definition my definition of karma i would say is that karma to me is the understanding that what you carry isn't always only yours and i think that saturn and pisces heavily highlights that to the collective that what we carry isn't always just yours sometimes you carry things that aren't that weren't yours to begin with but they were given to you um such as the abandonment issues that you might have or the anxiety, anxious attachment style you might have, or the perspective of the world that you have and seeing your relationships as obstacles and battlefields because you didn't receive a certain kind of love and care from your parents, as an example, right? There's a lot of things that we carry that was not ours to begin with, that we were not born with, but it was given to us. And so some of those things are generational, right? Some of these things are things that are generational that were passed on from our parents, like I said, um, from from their from their parents, and then from their parents, and so on and so on, or whoever it was, situations, experiences, etc., etc., etc. Okay, and so sometimes there are things that ancestors do that um, are not great. You know, like like we talk about all the time, the ancestors are not perfect. Okay. There is not so such thing as a perfect ancestor. All ancestors have their stories, their journeys, just like just like they are us, right? They are us on either side. So um, they have their journeys too, and they're not perfect. And so with that being said, we have to understand that sometimes the ancestors made not great choices, which led to certain actions, which now 
we are paying for. Okay, so it's not about, oh, you deserve karma. No, karma is not about what's deserved. Karma is about what is. <laughs> and that's it. What, it, what, what, what is it? And that's it. It's not about what you want it to be. It is what it is. That's karma. So generate, breaking generational curses is about breaking karmic obstacles. Karmic obstacles. We don't have to call them curses. We can just call them karmic obstacles. Breaking karmic obstacles that um, weaken the bloodline, essentially, and keep it low vibrating and keep it in a space of survival mode and not in its highest, purest form and closest to the divine's light, like transcending it in something more. That's what breaking generational curses to me is. It's about correcting the karma, correcting the karmic shit in the bloodline. That's what it is for me. Um, now, with that being said, um, there are things that maybe we do in this lifetime that are not the greatest decisions, which are going to lead to certain actions. And we might not see the consequences of those actions, but those that come after us will. That's karma. Um, and if we don't see it in this lifetime, we might see it post-lifetime, right? The idea of the uh, the scales of ma'at and how the, uh, the, the heart is weighed on the feather, okay, in the underworld, essentially, when you, when you pass over, right? The understanding is that you are, your heart is weighed on the, on the scale of ma'at, of justice, of peace, um, of integrity, to see how you lived your life. And if your heart weighs heavily, then you go to Duat, aka the underworld, <laughs> you know, you go to the not so great place and you don't get to elevate past that. You stay in the in-between, right? Um, elevating into the higher realm, the 4D, 5D, whatever you want to call it, 7D realms is not guaranteed just because you die, right? Not all ancestors are venerated. There are some ancestors who are definitely assholes who we do not want to communicate with because they are messy people. They're dramatic. They're messy, right? We connect with our honorable ancestors, not all the ancestors, just the honorable ones, right? So it's the same thing. It's like, why are they not honorable? Because they done mess up their lives. They did some messy shit that people have to pay for. This is the consequence for that. Okay. That's karma to me. Okay. So there you have it. Um, and so now that we've defined the word karma, let's get back into it. So one of the things I think we're going to see as a theme with Saturn's retrogrades in Pisces, because again, Saturn's in Pisces until um, the year of 2026. Okay, so we're going to have um, a couple of retrogrades in the sign. And so I feel like when Saturn's retrograde in Pisces is taking place, um, we have to understand a few things. One, stop ignoring the red flags. Okay, Stop ignoring the red flags. It can rewrite fate and shift the course you're on. Okay. And although, yes, you can get back on track, it will take a very, very long time to get back on track and course correct. So do not ignore the red flags. Okay. Do not ignore the red flags. Um, take your time doing things and stop investing in what isn't made clear to you. If it can't stand, if you can't stand on it, then we walk away. 
don't ignore the red flags because the course correction when Saturn is in Pisces is drawn out a lot more, honey. Pisces is the last of the zodiac, which means it's very slow moving. Okay, water moves very slow. It can move fast, but it can move very slow too. And it's again, Pisces. So very, very, very slow. Okay. Pisces is the unknown. And it is also the fogginess of Neptune that is as expansive as Jupiter, right? And so to me, this means that the more you look at it, the more it grows. <laughs> it's like the seven of cups. The more you look at it, the more like what the F is going on comes to mind, right? So this is um, very distracting, right? This is very distracting. It's very easy to get distracted by the big fog. If it just keeps growing, the more you look at it, it's very distracting. And so to me, Pisces is the undiscovered depths of the ocean and the seas. And so while we may be fascinated by the unknown and drawn to its eeriness and the siren calls and all the things in between of the ocean and the seas, we must respect the boundaries of exploring the unknown, okay? So whatever is is not well known to you during this transit, start to recognize the questions you're kind of asking yourself during the retrograde of Saturn and Pisces and, you know, write them down and come back to them later on because they might lead you to something else with more clarity. Um, but we have to still respect the boundaries of the unknown. Don't go pushing past the boundaries of the unknown, baby, because you are not home. You are not home. So you can't be out here walking around like you own the place. You have to be very respectful of the boundaries of the unknown. Be very respectful of the boundaries of the realm of spirit. Okay, the realms of spirit correction. Okay, the three realms, the sky, the seas, and the underworld, all of it, <laughs> not just the one, all of it. Okay, we have to be respectful. Um, how do we do this? You're probably asking. Well, it's simple by remaining you know, in constant communication, I would say with the divine, okay, and our spirit guides and recognize that they are here to help us understand and navigate the unknown um, and leaning on their guidance, okay, it doesn't make you needy, it makes you actually smart, right? If you're not sure of things, ask for help, ask for the clarity, don't just keep looking at the fog and being like, oh, well, I don't know what to do with it. Well, you got to do something. You got to do something, Okay. Don't ignore the red flags. Don't just keep going past go when the stop sign said no. Like <laughs> you have to deal with things as they come in. All right. You got to deal with them as they come in. Do not ignore the red flags. Be very mindful of what you are saying yes to. Be very mindful of what you're saying no to. You don't have to make a decision right away. And if you're being pushed into making a decision right away, then that tells you all that you need to know. Okay, this transit, I know that people are, I don't think that, honestly, I I don't know. I don't know if people are afraid of Saturn and Pisces, if they're like really worried because like, it's like, oh God, Pisces energy like magnified with Saturn, like yikes. Yeah, yikes. It's, <laughs> yikes is true, but it's not that bad, you guys. It's really not that bad. You just have to have your spiritual foundation in order and you'll be fine, Okay. You'll be fine, truly. When we choose to not communicate with the divine, okay, and we shut out all the signs sent by our spirit guides, that's when we become 
blind by the glamour of the unknown and see everything, um, you know, with the rose colored tinted glasses on and whatnot. And we basically just be out here raw dogging life like a damn muggle. Right. (laughs) And no shade to the muggles. But do y'all remember what life was like before your awakening? Do you remember how you were out here just raw dogging life? Yeah, exactly. You're probably like cringing right now as I'm saying this. Exactly my point. When you know better, you do better. Right? And so recognizing that you know better is going to be um, very important during these transits because it's coming from a very spiritual, personal place with Saturn and Pisces. Again, the consequences are very personal. Okay? So you want to make sure you're coming correct because you're only going to hurt yourself in the end if you're not. Okay? Um, When you know better, you do better. Now, as I say that, I want to say this too, as a reminder to all of us, the divine works through all of us, okay, muggles and mystics alike. So if you out here raw dogging life and don't feel like you've gone through your awakening, that's okay too. Like the divine works through all of us, okay? None of us are better than the other. So sometimes, for example, and we'll actually probably notice this a lot during Mercury and Cancer's transit coming up, um, Sometimes the confirmations and communication with the divine that we are seeking is done with other humans, right? It's done through the animals we interact with. It's done through music sometimes or whatever it is at the time, right? But it's a lot of times it can be done through other humans and through, um, you know, coworkers, uh, business partners, romantic partners, whoever has our attention at the time the most, That is where usually the divine will channel um, for us and provide us the answers we are looking for. Okay. And so this is also why I believe Saturn's retrograde in Pisces can encourage us to ask more questions behind why we approach things that we do. Okay. And why we pursue the things that we do. What is the true intention behind these things? Are we inspired by the divine or are we influenced by other people's experiences? Okay, Saturn in Pisces is really about breaking out of the fake and phony and getting into the real ish so you can really be rich and organic in real life. Okay, that's what it's really about. Um. And so I really believe, again, that it's really about asking those questions, okay? If we are connecting with professionals in certain fields, especially those linked to our long-term businesses, our goals, their services, all the above, et cetera, we need to ensure that and trust that, you know, we are being guided to those people by our spirit, by our intuition, okay? And we are being guided by the right people, okay? And know that those people move in alignment just as we do, Okay, and we want to ensure that we're being that intentional because when we speak those things into existence, those right people show up in our lives for us. Okay, and you know, if we again don't do our homework and ask questions and we just ignore the obvious stop signs that say do not pass go and collect $200, then we may find ourselves in messy situations, okay? Now, I don't believe that the universe uh, punishes us for making right or wrong decisions. I believe the universe responds to whatever it is that we choose to do. 
And based on our choices, certain actions unfold, which means certain timelines unfold. And, you know, boom, that's what it is. And when it comes to the father of time, okay, Saturn, we're talking here, the timelines delivered to us are always just. Okay, they are always just. As a reminder, Saturn is exalted in the sign of Libra. Libra being the sign of the scales, justice, balance, value, worth. Okay, that's the sign that Saturn is exalted in. So the timing of Saturn is always very just, okay? And the things that Saturn is bringing to us are always very just, okay? Again, the shit that's showing up now, messy, them red flags were there from time. You were just playing with yourself. That's the truth. That's the truth. We can't fall into that victim mentality that, that sometimes Pisces can get into, of woe is me and everything is, is, is just happening to me. No, things are happening for you, honey. Okay, when we add the razzle dazzle of Pisces to this understanding of Saturn being very just, then the timelines can be very unpredictable and a bit more rocky than we expected. But again, these are things that kind of happen as outcomes when we're not doing our homework, when we're not communicating with the divine, when we're not keeping ourselves anchored in our practices. Okay, and again, the practice doesn't have to be anything super crazy. It just has to be consistent. That's it. The ritual is consistency. That's literally it. That's the secret. That's the entire thing. Okay. Um, I also think that Saturn in Pisces teaches us the depths in which our own self-sabotage can spiral out of control when we lack boundaries and when we lack discipline and understanding of the bigger picture. So, um, you know, one way this might happen, for example, and I've noticed this is a huge thing for the collective too, is a lot of people in the collective are quitting their vices, okay? Quitting their drinking, quitting their smoking, quitting their whatever, and really trying to become more clear-minded and clear in their body and more present. And that's a really great thing to obtain for yourself. Truly, I think that's great. Um, and sometimes these things can kind of become awakened a lot more too, yes, during Saturn retrogrades, but with Saturn and Pisces, I feel like it's more heightened now. And for those who maybe would categorize themselves as addicts, it can be a really testing time, this trans, because they could relapse and repeat cycles and what have you. And if not careful, it can really spiral out of control. Okay. So as of right now, we may not understand all of the details of the bigger picture. Um, in fact, the picture right now can seem very confusing and distorted under this transit at times, you know, but just because the vision gets a little foggy doesn't mean we have to back down and tap into our fear and our doubts that tells us, oh, well, it's getting complicated. So I should just put this down and, and give up. Like, no, don't do that. You deserve to see yourself win. You deserve to see your fairy tale come to fruition. Believe that for yourself. Like really believe that for yourself. Okay. Saturn in Pisces requires us to see in the dark as the depths can be very, very dark. Okay. 
Saturn in Pisces requires us to trust our inner light to guide us, which is our faith, our belief in ourselves, our belief in the divine. And if you are someone that calls yourself a light worker, then baby, it is your time to shine. Okay, show how unafraid of the dark you really are. The key to thriving during Saturn's transit in Pisces is simply to remain consistent and honest with yourself. Okay, because when you project an artificial version of yourself, you receive artificial connections and artificial results. And although Pisces is known to enhance all, you know, things, uh, glamour and fantasy and ooh la la, you know, um, Saturn and Pisces will not tolerate artificial. Okay, that's actually the truth. Pisces might love that shit and use it to their advantage, but Saturn and Pisces cannot take artificial. And so it will break down the artificial weeds and turn them into compost. Okay, something useful and real, even if it means not existing in its previous form. You hear what I'm saying? That is Saturn in Pisces. Again, ask me how I know. (laughs) So if you are living a life of lies, okay, meaning you're out of alignment, okay, you're not following your purpose, you're not following your passion, okay, you're not making any steps to discover what your passion is, you're not making any steps to discover what your purpose is, okay, and you're just out here coasting in your comfort zone, like a beached whale, okay, Saturn and Pisces will rock your world. And I really mean that in the best way possible. It's time for you to stop putting on everyone else's identity. Who the fuck are you? Who are you? And if you don't know, are you willing to get to know yourself or do you just not give a fuck that much that you would rather just be something that you're not and pretend to be happy and and act like you're satisfied? You're not satisfied. You're maintained, but it's not satisfying. Okay? The divine cannot bless who you are pretending to be. I will repeat that again. The divine cannot bless who you are pretending to be. Ask yourself, really ask yourself, who are you? Do you recognize yourself anymore? Are you coasting or are you exploring and expanding your spirit? How are you choosing to spend your time Okay, do you make time for your spiritual devotion? Do you make time for your devotion to self? Because both feed our gifts and abilities to ascend and become who we are truly meant to be, by the way. Okay, Saturn in Pisces is here to teach us that we can indeed actually thrive in our fairy tale. But we have to fight for it. And I know the woo-woo community always says, if I have to fight for it, then I don't want it. Oh, I'm in my soft girl era. Oh, I'm in my ease era. Oh, I'm in my where the fuck else era. Please be fucking for real. (laughs) Be serious. Does being in your soft era mean you don't do work? 
Does being your soft era mean that you don't have to show up for your shit? Okay? Because all this talk about if I have to fight for it, I don't want it. Okay, then you won't have it, maybe. Then it won't be you. Then it just won't be you. Okay? And honestly, like I said, I, I really, I have to laugh when I hear that because it's just so, it's so ridiculous to me and it's so entitled and so human to, to say such a thing. Like, how entitled do you feel to abundance and wealth that you think that you don't have to fight for your fairy tale? Okay? Especially if you come from people who have been oppressed in this world, okay? And you are the, the generation of freedom or you're one of the newer generations of freedom. And there's still a lot of layers to what that actually means because freedom ain't free, bitch. Okay, we all know that. All right. You think that you don't have to fight for your fairy tale. You think your ancestors just came over here and all this shit happened to them and all those sacrifices, blood, sweat and tears was done for your bum ass to sit here talking about if I have to fight for it, I don't want it. Please be serious. And this is what I'm talking about. Saturn and Pisces is going to show y'all how phony baloney you really are about your quote unquote mission of breaking generational curses. No, you guys are just playing games and Saturn and Pisces is going to show you that. Okay, it's going to show you that. What makes you think you're entitled to a life of coasting? To a life of not fighting for the life you actually want. Okay, because when we're saying fighting for your fairy tale, what I'm saying is putting in the work and staying consistent. That's the fight. Okay, so you would rather give up then? That to me is pathetic. You sound entitled to shit. Okay, that's what I think, really and truly. Maybe if we as a collective were willing to fight for our fairy tales, okay, and fight for the utopian version of society that we keep talking about and dreaming of, maybe we'd actually see some damn progress in the revolution. Okay, now I'm not saying you should suffer to make your fairy tale happen. No, 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 no. We don't want suffering, okay? Fighting for your fairy tale does not mean suffer, okay? So get that shit out of your head. That's your trauma talking. Go heal that shit. Don't bring that over here. That's your trauma talking, okay? I'm not saying you should suffer for your fairy tale. I'm saying you should fight for it. Hell yeah, you should fight for it. If you can't fight for yourself, then who the hell will, okay? Saturn and Pisces is going gonna, is gonna to teach you and ask you many times throughout the transit, who do you think is coming to save you and deliver you the dreams you envision? Okay, do you think that's some special cosmic alignment, let's say like a full moon with abundance and all that shit is going to just deliver your dreams to you? No, it's not going to do that. The ritual that you do for that moon is going to initiate you to be in a space to call forth that energy. But the ritual is not the work. The ritual is simply the foreplay to the work. Okay. My point is the work is still the fight. That's the fight. I'm not saying suffer. I'm saying do the damn work. Okay. You get my point now? You have to do the work. Saturn and Pisces is going to teach you, you have to do the work. If you want your fairy tale, you have to fight for it. Do the fucking work. Do the work. Okay? Make the work as enjoyable as possible. 
That's the key. How do we do that? Okay, fine. Let's talk about that. How do we do that? By being honest with ourselves about what we want out of life and spending our time wisely with intention, focused on making those things actually happen. Okay. It sounds so cliche. I know, but it's our time. Okay. We have to use it wisely. We really have to use it wisely. And it's the truth. When you are vulnerable enough with yourself to be yourself, you are blessed for all of eternity. You want to become wealthy? Be vulnerable. You want to attract the most divinely aligned opportunities? Be vulnerable. You want to attract divine love? Be vulnerable. You want to attract the divine? You want to get God's attention to transform your life? Be vulnerable, bitch. That's the key. Vulnerability is honesty and that will bring in the prosperity. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. That is the key to prosperity. Saturn in Pisces is going to teach all of us how to maintain and thrive in our authentic selves and attract the best of the best. Okay? Because it is possible. All you have to do again is do the damn work. Fight for your fairy tale. Do the work. No one is coming to save you. But that's a good thing. Okay? You're going to do this and you're going to slay and it's going to be great. Okay? Saturn is going to teach us how to maintain our true selves, how to maintain our vulnerability, how to maintain these beautiful visions of our dreams we have manifested it now into this realm Saturn in Pisces says I want to make your dreams a reality and I'm going to show you how to do it okay not about the right way the wrong way it's about the aligned way and the aligned way is with a spiritual foundation okay that's the way to do it now before we receive all of that though and we are taught how to maintain those things Saturn is first going to clear our paths of all that is artificial and rooted in the ego so that we can plant new seeds rooted in our truest self and the divine. So overall with Saturn in Pisces, um, a lot of the lessons will be heightened during the retrograde. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, you guys, about doing the work, not trying to make any shortcuts, having that divine spiritual uh, connection, foundation for yourself, whatever that means. Regulate your practice with the divine and you're going to be just fine, okay? Um, And again, like allow yourself to be like vulnerable and honest with yourself because this whole like, oh, let me pretend I'm happy and pretend that this is what I actually want to do and pretend that I'm this and pretend that I'm that is not working, It never really was, but now we're starting to really see that it's not working and that's okay. Allow yourself the opportunity now to become someone new, which is the true you. Okay. Break out the, the bullshit, break down the facade. Okay. Ground it and root it in reality. That's what it's really, really about. Um, but I also want to talk about in this episode, some of the predictions that I've had talking about Saturn in Pisces. And how some of the um, public displays of Saturn and Pisces lessons have been shown. 
and I'm referring back to the main lesson of if you want to fuck around and find out, then you will. Because again, with Saturday and Pisces, if you are fucking around and finding out, it's because you ignore the red flags that were there for a very, 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 very long time that were neglected, okay? Um, and so one of those main predictions, of course, I discussed was about the focus on recreational drugs being really heightened. Um, first, the drugs being pushed as cool and safe and an escape to use, that's, that's, that's okay because it's being regulated now and blah, 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 blah. Um, and that quickly leading to now miscalculated understanding um, and abuse potentially of these things that now they've become harmful and this could be potentially what's triggering a lot of the people in the collective to actually um, break free from those recreational drugs that they use maybe or if they're you know they drink whatever it may be their own vice I feel like this could be part of that which isn't necessarily a bad thing per se, but like that's one of the, you know, kind of predictions that we've seen happening and has been manifesting for many, many months. So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, but what, the other prediction that I really wanna focus on is the prediction about the water. And, you know, a lot of astrologers have talked about this too. Like anytime one of the major planets goes into the element of water, we know that the water is going to be a huge focus. Okay, and so with the water, I was expecting there to be some politics surrounding the water and the oceans and the seas and about regulations to do with water, water intake being calculated, um, water intake being charged, okay, people being charged a lot more for water usage and water usage being um, shut down, you know, certain dams going dry, certain wells going dry, and like just water heavily being heavily, heavily, heavily regulated. Um, I also was predicting and seeing that, you know, with the politics of the oceans and seas, that there would be a lot of like pirate type kind of uh, situations going on. And by that, I don't mean, you know, like old school pirates. I'm talking just like the violence in the ocean and the seas and things going on that we maybe don't see on the surface happening, you know? And so that I don't really think has been happening. I haven't, I don't really follow the news like that, but I did notice that there has been a lot of focus on the sea and the ocean as a, as a result, since um, Saturn has stationed retrograde in Pisces. It's been a very persistent theme, I would say. Um, now, just to give you guys a timeline for Saturn, again, Saturn has been in Pisces um, since uh, March 7th and has stationed retrograde as of the 17th of June, okay, at the 7th degree, funny enough. Now, Saturn's retrograde is a little bit longer than a Mercury retrograde because it is a outer planet, obviously. So it's a little bit longer than our usual stuff. Um, but, you know, it's necessary, I think, at the same time because the lessons really have to be understood so that they're not repeated. And I don't think anybody here wants to repeat their lessons. So with that being said, Saturn will station direct on the 4th of November. So we have quite some time with this retrograde, okay? Um, but I do want to talk about the focus of the water because it has been a heightened theme since the retrograde of Saturn. And I'm not surprised by this, but it's just really interesting to see how it manifests so clearly to me anyway. Um, 
So before I actually get into that, though, I do want to highlight this other perspective, too, before we dive into this. Um, Part of the Great Awakening that the collective has undergone over the last five years or more has included the unveiling of the Matrix for what it really is, right? Especially in more recent years, we have been given the collective uh, an opportunity to see what is really going on, you know, behind these closed doors. What's really going on in the land of Oz? We've been shown this now. But you see, having knowledge on the matrix and how it functions is simply not enough, okay? Um, None of it really actually matters without the wisdom of spirit and the realm of spirit. That's the whole thing. That's, That's the joke. Like, yeah, the matrix is the matrix, but like until you actually have deeper understanding of the realm of spirit, none of that shit actually matters because they're still connected. And part of this wisdom includes understanding the sacred balance, um, you know, of nature and understanding that nature gives and nature takes just as the matrix gives and takes just as spirit gives and takes. OK, respecting the balance of this. Um, you know, law of the universe is the number one lesson of being a mystic, I would say. And anyone who fails to respect this balance will be taught accordingly. This is just how life is. This is just the law of the universe. This is what it is. Okay. Now, with that being said, this tough lesson has manifested more as a theme because Pisces, I would say, um, is, uh, you know, first of all, ruler of the 12th house. And when we think about the 12th house, I think about, of course, the element of water, right? And I think about the fact that the element of water is ruled by not just the 12th house, but also the house of number four and eight, right? The house of Cancer and Scorpio. And so, you know, for those, again, who believe they are here to break generational curses, Saturn in Pisces is going to enhance this mission for you because its energy enhances the presence of the past, present, and future, okay? The seven generations ahead, the seven generations behind, all connected. Now, this tough lesson, again, of uh, learning accordingly the the balance of nature um, is heavily showing up more during Saturn's retrograde versus when it's direct, Um, But it'll also continue when it's just in its regular transit of Pisces as well, because, again, Pisces connects to um, the fourth and the eighth house while also the twelfth house. Right. Like it's it's the three. So it's heavily connected to, again, this karmic correction and this desire for breaking generational curses and transcending this energy to something better for ourselves to elevate our bloodlines. Right. This is all tied in together. And because we are now in cancer season and the sun is in cancer, Mercury will eventually be in cancer, too, like we said before. Um, the focus and heightenedness of this mission <laughs> is very, very, very loud right now. And that's why I also was saying earlier in this episode that you know, the ancestral communication, the communication with the divine, our spirit guides, etc., can be very heightened at this time because this theme is very loud right now. Okay. And I always find personally that the ancestors are loud when we are in retrograde season, but especially during Saturn retrogrades. And they are obviously going to be loud during Cancer season too. Yes. And so far, this Saturn retrograde, the ancestors have been loud as fuck. And sometimes the ancestors lead us to answers that we want, 
but there are sometimes they lead us to ask more questions. Okay. And not all of those questions require answers right away. Some of those questions are meant to linger, to simmer, and cook for a while before they are to be digested. Okay? Because if not, they just get, you just throw them up. You just get vomit up and just messy. If your questions lead you to curiosity, but your curiosity isn't rooted in common sense, you will fuck around and find out. This too is universal law. (laughs) but during the transit of Saturn in Pisces this universal law becomes loud for the collective okay Saturn in Pisces doesn't care about the rule of no risk no reward Saturn in Pisces challenge us to ask first is the reward worth the risk is the reward worth the risk of time being lost is the reward worth the risk of looking a damn fool That's what you should be asking yourself, okay? Can you ensure you will land on your feet if shit goes sideways? Or will you fuck around and find out? Okay, that is a major lesson. And one of the many lessons that this is being manifested is in the water, of course. To me, Pisces represents the very element of water in many ways. The deeper we dive into its energy, the less we can see. It's a very mysterious entity that draws us in, right? There's a reason why Piscean people are labeled as ethereal because there's this energy about them that draws us in. If you have Pisces placements, then you know this to be true. You draw people in very easily. Um, And so it makes sense that the loudest presence of Saturn will be felt in large bodies of water. And I, you know, yes, I, I, I thought this was going to happen, but I didn't realize how like just in our face like boom like do you get it now in our face it would be and how confrontational it would be and so that has become a surprise to me um and so you know if we the no you know if if we don't know where we're going we don't know where we're going and again the deeper we dive in the less we can actually uh see And so lately, there have been several incidents in the last few weeks where marine life has made headlines, okay? I'm talking about the orcas, okay, and the sharks and the dolphins all being seen together in like large numbers in unusual places, according to humans. Really, I don't think there's anything unusual about where they are, but whatever. And sometimes even, again, them being together. And... um. Some of these headlines actually include the orcas, a.k.a. killer whales, which are actually dolphins, um, attacking boats and specifically intentionally attacking the motors of boats because they're very smart creatures. They know exactly what they're doing, obviously. Right. Um, Sharks attacking boats and people a lot, um, as well as the dolphins, you know, linking up with their cousins, the the killer whales and, and doing the same damn thing. Um, so, you know, again, I don't think that what they're doing is strange. I think they're doing exactly what they want to. And I think that all that is happening in the ocean right now that we're seeing, yes, is Saturday in Pisces. But I think that when Neptune stations retrograde on June 30th, it's going to get even more interesting. Okay. Yes. This is just the beginning, honey. Um, this is just the beginning. Okay. Atlantis is rising up. 
that's what this is. Atlantis is rising up and that's, you know, a whole other conversation, but this is just the beginning. Um, but, you know, because of these, you know, strange sightings and the increase of the sightings, it has gained a lot of media attention. Um, and I love that because I love when the marine life fight back and, and remind us that the water is their home, not ours, you know? Um, you know, and, and those incidents have been really, you know, unfortunate. There have been, yes, some attacks were fatal with people losing their lives. And it's just really unfortunate. One of them, I think, was a kid who jumped off a cruise ship or like a yacht into the dark waters of the ocean at night because of a dare. And a shark was in the water and attacked his ass. And now he's gone. Okay. Another incident was people on a beach where the lifeguard had mentioned that there was a shark fin sighted and people still went in the water anyway. I guess, you know, they couldn't stop them, whatever. And someone got attacked by a shark. Okay. Um, and shark attacks happen. Like, yes, that happens regardless of what's happening in the cosmos. Yes. But there's been a lot of heightened focus of these things happening in the water as of late, which is, is, which is why I'm, I'm highlighting it to you guys now in this conversation. However, out of all these incidents, the most bizarre thing has taken place, even more bizarre than the SeaWorld cookout, okay? So bizarre, but yet still taking place in the same element, in the same depths, okay? Yes, I am talking about the Titanic submarine incident with Ocean Gate, Ooh, child, this was a harvest ritual headline that's been going along for the past, like, couple, few days, and I'm so happy that it's kind of come to an end now because now the club can chill the fuck out, but let this be a reminder to y'all, and we're going to break it down as to why it's a huge reminder of, again, Saturday and Pisces energy. Um, it's a ritual, <laughs> I would say. This whole thing was a ritual, first and foremost, because the company name was is Ocean Gate. I don't know why you would name your company OceanGate, but anyways, OceanGate, the company, created a submarine to dive into the very, very dark depths of the Atlantic Ocean to visit one of the most famous cemeteries known to man, aka the Titanic Wreckage, okay? Yes, I'm calling it a famous cemetery because that's what it is, you guys. Like, that's what that shit is, right? And um, with that, I just want to say, you know, obviously building a submarine costs money and I don't know how much, but I'm sure it costs a lot of money. And so um, the, the company charged passengers who were wanting to go on these submarine trips down to see the wreckage um, $250,000 each to take a dive into the depths. Okay, so before I continue with the story, I just want to clarify something first. Um, you know, the ocean floor, the ocean is massive. The ocean is massive and we don't know a lot about it. Yes, we've discovered lots of things about it from what we can see, from what we can reach. But there is a lot of the ocean, a.k.a. more than like 90% of the ocean is actually not discovered yet. And probably won't be because it's so freaking deep and big. It's massive. It's a fucking portal. It's a portal. So it's always expanding too. <laughs> um, and so with that being said, the ocean floor is known to carry 
thousands upon thousands of things, things we will never know, right? But also things that we do know for sure are down there, like the skeleton of ships that were wrecked, you know, from storms or whatever it may be, but also the skeletons of people, okay? Some areas of the ocean are known to have more shipwrecks than other places or parts of it and are actually uh, nicknamed as um, the graveyard of the Atlantic, Okay, Um, so this area begins from the Outer Banks of North Carolina um, to Cape Cod, Massachusetts in the USA and goes all the way up even up to Nova Scotia, Canada. Okay, and so with that being said, there is already a nickname for certain parts of the Atlantic Ocean. Now, let's take a step back even further and remember that the Atlantic Ocean is the same ocean that was used for the Atlantic slave trade. Okay, and there are a lot of entities and skeletons of black bodies in the fucking ocean the atlantic ocean is very heavily tied to the african ancestors for this reason and why many of us of the diaspora feel very pulled in by its waters okay um so that being said there's a this is a big ass cemetery the ocean is a big ass fucking cemetery it's a big ass cemetery it carries so much stuff so much stuff Okay, now back to the story. Um, Just to give you guys a little bit of a timeline, the Titanic sank in 1912, um, about 1400, sorry, about 400 miles off the coast of Newfoundland, which is about, well, I don't know how far it is from Nova Scotia, but it's pretty close to Nova Scotia in Canada. Okay, just to give you guys a little timeline. And so these people paid all this money to see the sunken Titanic wreckage deep in the depths of the ocean. Okay, depths of the ocean that most submarines don't go to, depths of the ocean where the army, U.S. Army ain't going, where the armies ain't going, no military is going that deep down unless they absolutely have to, I'm sure. I don't think they really do. Okay, like deep, deep, deep down the ocean. This company created this um, this submarine from their own supply too, so there wasn't any like regulations with the governments um, to have this created to make sure it was, you know, safe and what have you. It was all very privately done because they have the kind of money to do that, of course, right? And so, unfortunately, but also not surprising, uh, this situation went terribly wrong. And so the submarine lost con- uh, contact with the team on land within less than two hours of travel time, and they were lost. And so the submarine carried five people in total. It was not very big. It looked really uncomfortable from what I could see in photos. And um, I believe all five passengers were either billionaires or millionaires. Okay. So first, the media said that they couldn't be found. Then they said that banging was heard every 30 minutes in parts of the ocean in the area that they had dived in. But they still couldn't be located. Then... A UK news channel announced that they were going to release a documentary about this incident um, this past Thursday that just passed, okay? Which is crazy because this would have been before the people were actually found. The amount of media attention this got in ways that you couldn't avoid, where they were counting down the hours of how much oxygen uh, hours they had left in the oxygen tank and this and that, it was crazy. And all this happened on the summer solstice 
So like I said before, a ritual. Okay. So after they announced the this, this so-called documentary, I'm not sure if it, if it aired or not, you know, regardless, it's extremely disrespectful, in my opinion, to, for to even be doing that shit. Like, how disrespectful. And I truly hope that those, that that, that news channel pays for the funerals or whatever is going to happen, because that is so disrespectful in so many ways to me personally. And then after all this announcements came up, then this story came out that one of the five passengers were actually related to a couple on the actual Titanic, okay? And that the couple was their great-grandparents. Now that the summer solstice is over, okay, which was when the story fully peaked, details have come out that some parts of the submarine have been discovered due to an implosion that happened, which is really, really, really sad and really terrifying, Um, And although this was actually announced just yesterday, so it was just announced on Venus Day, numerous reports highlighted that someone high up in the military actually heard the implosion a few days ago, days ago, which just further proves this whole thing was a damn distraction from what is really going on that we'll eventually find out over time, right? The situation got so much media attention And so therefore, because of the attention it got, the collective's energy was projecting a lot of concern and worry and fear, of course, right? There was a lot of heaviness and just a lot of noise from the situation. It was a very, very obvious, highly, you know, strong um, harvest ritual of energy, a harvest energy ritual. The energy was very heavy for the collective. And it's because the collective cares as a whole, like, well, let me be careful with my words. The collective feels things <laughs> as a whole, and collective manifestation is real. Okay, the power of the power of collective manifestation is very real, and so it's not surprising to me that it got this much attention and how much it took over the collective's energy. I'm not surprised at that at all. It was a very sad situation, but could it have been prevented? Yes, absolutely, and I think intentionally going down to the deep unsafe depths of the ocean to intentionally visit a grave site is very stupid. I will admit that. I think that that's very dumb to do that. Why would you do that? And this is that loud message from Saturn and Pisces of fuck around and find out. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying they deserved it because karma, Saturn, it's not about what was deserved. It's about what is. Okay, it, that's, a, that's a terrible way to die. I would not want that on, on anybody. I would not wish that for anybody. And I do hope truly that they receive some rest in the realm. Um, but at the end of the day, was the Titanic not an obvious sign to not go in that area for exploring because it has a history of chaos and that energy still lingers because water holds fucking memory? And because that water also holds the bumbaclop bones of the people there, most likely, hello, they probably got swayed around, sure. But like, let's be real, that shit still happened. Was that not an obvious sign? Okay. Like, really, let's think about that. And if you do know this, and you have an ancestral connection to that tragedy, specifically, and you still go down there 
because what? Oh, I feel called because it's my family. Okay, well, yeah, at that point, honey, you are testing fate when you're not really in a place to be doing so. And so to me, like, the whole story is really messed up. And it has a lot of layers from the ancestral connection to the fact that they were all extremely rich people who were probably doing some things in the political world and probably were not even supported or whatever the fuck was going on. Who knows? Okay. And the fact that so many safety measures were ignored and neglected. And then they had the audacity to name the damn submarine Titan. <laughs> like, be serious. Be serious. Okay. That is crazy to me. Um, so all of that stuff to say you are testing fate, okay, and you really shouldn't be doing that, especially when you're not in an anchored space with a divine. And I say that to say, you know, there is no way that anybody who is actually in tune with the divine and actually exercises their connection in their own way does some dumb shit like this. It doesn't make any sense. You'd have to be pretty empty inside to want to explore a famous gravesite. Like, what's the purpose of that? You know, and that may sound really disrespectful, but as an actual child of the waters, what they did was disrespectful. You can't be going to grave sites and not offering anything to the spirits, whether it's a grave site in the water, a fucking graveyard on land. It doesn't matter. You don't go empty handed. How many of y'all are mystics out here listening to this and work with your ancestors and go to the answers empty-handed do you do that no you don't because it's disrespectful exactly my point it's disrespectful it's very 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 disrespectful okay um you know and this sounds like a lot of other incidents where the water is teaching people again fuck around and find out okay um and what i'm thinking about now is is the fact that it's now summertime and there have been numerous, numerous, numerous um, stories in previous summers about people drowning in the lake called Lake Lanier in Georgia. Okay, so nearly 700 people have drowned in that lake since it was man-made created in 1956. However, this lake has a very violent history as well. Okay, so a town that was once known as Oscarville used to be where this lake was and it was destroyed by the u.s army when the lake was being created and so at the bottom of that lake are the remains of this town so people at the time when it was happening were forced to leave their homes and everything they knew behind um and part of that included the 20 cemeteries that were in oscarville part of these cemeteries were relocated but a lot of it was just dumped in the fucking lake and yeah, that's fucked up. I know it sounds really fucked up, but yes, this is real history. And it's no surprise that Oscarville was actually a well-known thriving black community with carpenters and blacksmiths and farmers. So really, it's no surprise about how it's treated. And it's no surprise that there's no regard for the dead. I'm not surprised about that at all. Um, but now that summer is here, I can't help but think, damn, there might be some new stories if people don't fucking listen to the water and want to fuck around and find out okay people lack so much awareness that they just are not aware of what they're doing and this is what happens when you're not aware you fuck around and find out it's really that simple 
and again while like the drownings happening that like are you know happening all the time it's the lack of awareness of what happened there that is why it's happening so much like yes accidents happen but do you really think that a lake that doesn't have a bunch of bodies from a cemetery and a bunch of whatever else happened there in the bottom of the lake is going to have the same effect like no it's not because it's not the same water Imagine you're resting peacefully and your grave gets dug up and relocated into a fucking, uh, into a pond. Like what? You don't even have the ocean to like expand yourself to. You're literally just sitting in this pond, in this lake. That's fucked up. And so people who go to that lake purposely and like go in the water, like you're crazy. You are insane. Again, do not go to grave sites, whether it's in the water, on the land, wherever it is, without an offering. You are in their water now. You are in their space now. You have to be respectful. Okay? Saturn in Pisces is not playing. Okay? Again, Saturn, yes, is about discipline and consequences and karma. But because Saturn is the father of Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto, because Saturn carries the hourglass and the scythe, the energy of death is heavily associated with Saturn. Pisces is the last of the zodiac, the end of cycles, honey. There's going to be a lot of fucking around and finding out deaths happening with Saturn and Pisces. I'm just highlighting these ones because they are heavily connected to what's going on right now. And they show the themes of Saturn and Pisces so obviously because we're talking about the energy of the spirit realm, right? But this is what it is, you guys. So please, 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 as someone who has their Saturn in Pisces in their first house, okay, and, and works with the dead and, and, and tries to honor the dead and, and, and teach others how to do the same and respect the dead, please respect the realm of spirit, okay? If you're going to visit places where spirit activity is heightened due to deaths that happened traumatically or accidentally or whatever it may be, Okay, you need to come correct. Stop showing up to these places empty handed. Everything comes with a price. So if you are coming empty handed, what are you paying with? Do you see where I'm going with this? Okay, good. Do your research, pay attention. Be respectful, okay? Like I said at the very beginning of all this stuff, Saturn in Pisces will teach us the depths our consequences can go when we lack boundaries, when we lack discipline, and deeper understanding of the bigger picture. The bigger picture is not just with the filter of this realm. It has to have the filter and understanding of the other realms too because they're all connected you cannot talk about the matrix this and that and talk about exposing the matrix but don't know shit about spirit you are lost honey come on now <laughs> be serious okay moving through this transit and thriving looks like having discernment and a strong spiritual foundation that is all you need, okay? If you overcomplicate things, yes, it does get messier, okay? Um, but you don't have to overcomplicate it. Your spiritual foundation is the only key you need, 
and this transit isn't here to scare us and, and make us scared to do new things. It's about being smart. It's about having awareness. It's about listening to the divine. What does your intuition tell you? What is your first instinct reaction? Okay, ground yourself and ask more questions before you go to places, before you experience certain things. Why am I tapping into this? Am I inspired or am I influenced? What is really the key here? What is the really, what's the truth here? Am I being vulnerable or am I performing? Like, what's the truth here? Okay, keep it 100. That's all you need. You got to stay real in this all fake everything era. Okay. And as Saturn continues its transit in Pisces, I do believe that we will continue to learn new information about the ocean um, and the ancient civilizations connected to the waters as well. We've noticed this perspective being highlighted already in movies that were released in the last year, um, you know, including Wakanda Forever, the second Black Panther movie. Uh, we saw it in the second Avatar movie called The Way of the Water or The Way of Water. And now recently the live adapta uh, adaptation of The Little Mermaid, <laughs> right? All these different like movies coming out to do with ancient civilizations and the water and mysteries of the water and the things that happen in the water that we're not really aware of and travel in the water and, you know, how down is up and up is down. And that's all conversation for another time. Um, but the water is a very um, huge theme still and will continue to be a theme. And I do believe that we will continue to learn more about ourselves because the water, I believe, is here to teach us so much about ourselves really and truly. And so I personally am excited to see what comes of it. Um, but in the meantime, though, you know, y'all need to be careful of the water. Okay, seriously, stop playing. Like, it's it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Like, if you're going to a beach, do your research. Do your fucking research. If you feel off when you're on your way there, even after doing your research, then don't go. Listen to your body. Listen to your intuition. Okay? Be careful and be respectful. Um, and as I'm saying this, I'm actually going to give you guys now your ancestral antidote, okay? Which is this. Bring an offering to the water. The next year you plan on visiting the water, which you might not want to after hearing this, but I'm still going to encourage you to do so because um, I don't think that fear is the response that we need. Um, the, the response we need is compassion. The response we need is uh, reconnecting to the water, okay? Um, I know that a lot of mystics out there are saying like, oh, stay out of the water, stay out of the water, stay out of the water. It's so scary. Like, mm, it, there's boundaries to the water and you have to know what those what they are. OK, just know what they are. Be more aware. Be safe. Ask questions and follow your intuition. You don't have to not visit the water ever again. Just be more aware. OK. And you can do that by bringing an offering first to the water. Make a connection to the water before you jump in it. How about that? Like, be serious, you know, like for real. Um, and this can be done at a river, a lake, the ocean, whatever access you have, bring an offering to it, okay? And if you know that you're going on vacation, for example, and visiting certain places surrounded by water, then you should be giving an offering to the water before you submit it for sure, because you're a visitor, you're foreign, you're a tourist, like you are really much so a visitor, OK, and if you are black and listening to this, OK, you're a part of the diaspora 
child, then I truly hope that you are already doing this. Okay, bring some honey and flowers to the river. Give thanks to the abundance in your life as you stand in front of the ocean when you see her and bring her watermelon and coconut. Like give thanks. Okay, respect her boundaries. Do not abuse her because you will lose. You will lose every time. We do not need to test the boundaries of Mother Nature because we will lose every time. She will go on without us. It's a very humbling thing to, to, to understand. Okay, and understand that balance with nature and the realm of spirit and the matrix is all is all key. It's all one. It's all connected. Okay, so overall, you guys, that is what I have to say about Saturn and Pisces. Um, it is a beautiful transit. It is going to help us really ground ourselves again in our spiritual practices and our devotion and teach us why it's so important to have that be centered in our lives and how beautiful things can unfold when it is because we move through the world with more peace and less urgency and less fear and less doubt. We have more confidence in ourselves, right? And we just attract things with more ease. So it's really, really important for us to have that connection and that devotion, that anchor. So Take some time to discover yourself again. Take some time to rediscover your spiritual practices again. Some of the things that you're even doing as a part of your practice might be things that you were influenced by by other people. You might think it was inspiration, but actually it was influenced to you, you know. And so make sure that you're connecting to things that still make sense to you and reflect who you are and who you're becoming. And if you feel as though your spiritual practice and your devotion is shifting, that's okay too, honey. That's okay too. Spirit is fluid. Spirit is ever vast, ever more. So expand, grow your wings and fly, baby. Okay. You don't have to worry about if it was the right thing or the wrong thing. If it feels right, it's right. It's aligned. It's divine. It is what it is. You got this. Okay. So please do not be afraid of Saturn Pisces. Please do not be afraid of Saturn retrograde in Pisces. It is all wonderful. It is all corrective action we are doing. It is all healing to the bloodline, okay, and breaking those karmic uh, cycles and, and obstacles, okay? We are doing the work together. Take your time with the work. Remember, you're not the first one to do it. You're not the last one to do it. You're just here to do it, Okay. Um, and yes, be careful with the water, love the water, respect the water, respect her boundaries. Um, but don't fear it, please don't, don't, don't fall for the predictive programming of being afraid of the water. Don't fall for that shit. Water is life. Remember that. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch me on Instagram at music medicine. You can connect with us online there, book your readings through our links that are in the show notes. Um, in our bios of our Instagram handle. And I will talk to you guys very soon. One love, Ashe. Peace.